Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio, WJMM. Thank you for your support of this great radio station, amazing radio station. I'm so humbled to be a part of the Encounter Radio Show. Thank you for your support of that. Uh, thank you for your encouraging messages that you send to me. Thank you for showing up in an encounter service every Friday night at 1301 Brandon Road. Uh, every Friday night with a free dinner at 530, service at 630. So many of you that are listening to the encounter radio show, uh, you, you showed up for our Easter services. You've shown up on Fridays. Continue to do that. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, for your support in doing that. That just pleases me to no end to see someone show up and said, how'd you, how'd you find out about Encounter? Well, I heard you on the radio. And uh, so I hope you continue to listen to the Encounter radio show with Bill Reeser. Uh, also, we have the Encounter Bible study that's now available on Amazon. Uh, just go and, and search for Encounter where hope can be found with Bill Reeser. And you can purchase one for yourself. And you can join an Encounter Bible study that's going to be meeting on Tuesday nights at Church of the Savior from 6.30 to 8.30. There's still time to get into that Bible study. And I'll get you, I'll send you more information if you'll just email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org. Now, yesterday, uh, we started talking about Anchor 5 uh, and realized who we are. In Christ and reject the lie uh, that we are our character defects and sins. You know, most of us don't have a clue to what our real identities are. Many of us let our parents and the people we grew up with shape our identities in negative and confusing ways. And there are numerous people in your life who want you to be everyone and anyone but you. Why don't you be more like so-and-so? If you don't feeling if you don't feel like calling yourself a boy, call yourself a girl. Call yourself transgender. Call yourself a boy and a girl. Call yourself whatever you feel you think you are. And what we have now, we don't have educators anymore. We don't have middle school educators. We don't have preschool educators. We don't have college educators. We don't have high school educators. We have indoctrinators uh, that, that have a demonic agenda uh, trying to convince someone, anyone, that they can that they are someone different than God's creation and God's plan for their lives, opposite of God's identity for themselves. And so they're convincing people to call themselves whatever they want to, whatever they think they are, opposite of what they actually are. And I've said this several times. I, moved, I lived in California. They started doing this when I was out there uh, five years ago. Uh, People are waiting six years to call their newborn babies by their by their gender. They call them babies, gender-neutral babies, and they're letting the child, catch that? They're letting the child decide who they are when they turn six. And, and by doing so, parents are setting up children to have an identity crisis by rejecting the truth of God, by believing their feelings and predispositions. Parents are stealing their children's identities by not letting them be who God created them to be. And the enemy makes us believe that our identity is found by what we do, what we don't do, or what's been done to us. But according to 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. A real transaction takes place when we become a Christian, when we are forgiven and Jesus Christ saves us. We're made new. We're forgiven. We're given a new nature. And on top of all of that, we're given a new identity. 
We are different people when we get saved. We're no longer the same. You may not feel different, but you are different. You may not feel forgiven, but you are forgiven. You're born again, and you're no longer defined by what you do, what you did, or what's been done to you. You are now defined by whom God calls you, period. And God calls you someone different than who you call yourself. And God's desire is for us to walk in that new identity and see ourselves as he sees us. God doesn't want us to spend the rest of our lives trying to become someone we already are. And if you don't know who you are, you're never going to know what true healing and deliverance looks like. Satan will convince you that your identity comes from what you do. God says your identity comes from what he's already done for you. And the world will tell you to follow your feelings and your desires, your predispositions, your attractions, your lusts. And God tells you to follow him through Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and his word. The world will tell you that you're born a certain way, opposite of God's creation and plan for your life. But God said he knew you before you were born and personally handcrafted you into existence, made in the image of God. Your parents may have identified you, as we said yesterday, as a mistake or that you weren't planned. But God said, I determined when you would be born. And I took the time to write a plan for your life, filled with hope and a future of you discovering what it means to be my child and live under the titles and names that I have ordained for you. Listen to the world. Listen to these indoctrinators. You won't have a clue to who you are. Listen to your feelings, emotions, attractions, predispositions, and desires. You'll never know who you are. Listen, we're all born with predispositions to do things outside God's word and plan for our lives. You know what it's called? Sin. We're all born with a predisposition to sin. It's called a sin nature. I have, I have, Bill Reeser, you may find this surprising. I have a natural inclination to smack people when they do dumb things. Now, do I follow through on those feelings? Of course not. Why? Because even though I naturally feel like it, it doesn't mean that it's right. And I choose to let God's word empowered by the Holy Spirit dictate my actions. Listen, I have a natural inclination, okay, to drive with my hand on the horn of my car constantly, yelling at people. Do I do it? No, of course not. Because even though I naturally feel like it, doesn't mean that it's right. And I choose to let God's word empowered by the Holy Spirit dictate my actions. Now watch this. If I'm born a male with feminine characteristics or vice versa, and I have an attraction of the same sex, does that make me gay? Of course not. Why? Because even though I may naturally feel like it, it doesn't mean that it's right. And I choose to let God's word, empowered by the Holy Spirit, dictate my actions. And just because someone from the same sex pays more attention to me, is attracted to me, wants to have sex with me, is the first one to notice me, the first one to pay attention to me, or is the first one, to love me because everyone else has rejected me in my life. Does that make me gay? Of course not. And a lot of people call them call themselves uh, that. It's basically the first the first the first person that's approached them and says, "I love you. I love you. I want to be with you." Then they then they're convinced, "Well, I I must be gay." But they're just giving into another lie. Now listen, I can give you numerous scenarios why people choose that lifestyle but the number one lie satan has used is he makes people believe that god made them that way 
Now, can I say this to you? That's a lie. That is a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Obviously, there's a spiritual war going on over your identity. And so how else does Satan keep you from knowing your true identity? Well, he uses a lot of different tools. He uses hurts. Uses pain in your life to deceive you and to disguise your true identity. Because if he can get you to be resentful, if he can get you to stay bitter, if he can get you overwhelmed with guilt, shame, and regrets, if he can create an environment, watch this, where you are rejected, abused, abandoned, cast out, and unloved, then you will take any counterfeit love that comes your way. This is a huge issue because unresolved pain from our broken relationships create character defects. We spoke about this the other day. And a lot of people think that because they have a certain tendency, a certain lust, a certain attraction, a certain fault, a certain habit, a certain coping mechanism, then that's who they are. And that's how Satan deceives us and keeps us stuck. And our identity sort of gets messed up because we've identified ourselves with a particular behavior, a way of acting, thinking, attracting, desiring, lusting, etc. Now, as I mentioned the other day, I love the recovery world. And the courageous people who fight their way out to a life of freedom. But what's sad to me and more to God is when people in recovery call themselves addicts and claim they have an incurable disease. One, I mentioned this the other day. They, they say they have an incurable disease because they don't have a cure for it. But we do. It's Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God's Word. See, that's the opposite. Uh, see, when someone says that they are an addict, that is the direct opposite of what God's word has to say about the matter. Listen to me very carefully. God never calls anyone an addict. And we should never call ourselves by our sins or our addictions. Now, the word addiction is not found in scripture, but it is a valid word. It is a real issue. It is a real struggle. And while it is real and valid, it's not your identity. It may be something you struggle with. It may be something uh, that you do, but it's not who you are. Either you're a new creation in Christ or you're not. Either you're dead to sin and believe it or you don't believe it and sin will continue to have a hurt, a hold on you. Either the power of God cripples your addiction or you will use your addiction as a crutch to continue walking a defeated life, blaming the incurable disease instead of you not living Instead of you not living the crucified life. Now listen, the word the Bible uses for the word addiction is called stronghold. It's called a stronghold because it has a stronghold on you. 2 Corinthians 4 uh, and 5 says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now, here's what we can learn from this passage. Either we're pulling down strongholds or they're pulling us down. And according to this passage, God has given us divine power to pull every stronghold down in Jesus' name. See, you're a goner the moment you identify yourself by your sin and say, I am. Hi, my name is Joe. I am a drug addict. Hi, my name is Mary. I am gay. You're gone. Because you've, you've already forfeited and neglected and chose to believe a lie over the truth about what your real identity in Christ is. 
It's the arguments and pretensions that set itself up against the knowledge of God that clash with the word of God are the root of every stronghold. In simpler terms, a stronghold starts taking root the moment we believe a lie instead of truth because behind every self-defeating thing we'll ever do is a lie that we believe. And the antidote is the truth for us to receive and then take that thought captive to with that truth. This is what Jesus meant when he said in John 8, if you hold to my teaching, you really are my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And if all these tools are being used against me to conceal who God really made me to be, then how do I know the real me? How do I know the true me, the person who God made, made me to be? Well, some of the most common phrases found in the New Testament are the phrases in Christ, in him, through him, we have, and you are. Now listen, anytime you see one of those uh, scriptures that have that as a pretext, your real identity is about to get revealed. And God wants you to know that all of those scriptures represent your new and true identity in Christ, the real you, how he sees you, how he calls you. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow on the Encounter radio show, but we've got a little less than a minute on this show. I want to talk to you, to anyone listening that's been struggling in their identity and you have no idea who you are. I want to tell you that you're a somebody. You are who you are because the great I am said you are, period. That settles it. And once you know who you are in Christ, it changes everything. You are not your sins. You are not your problems. You are not your mistakes. You, you are not your abuse. You are not the things that have been done to you. You are not those things. You are accepted. You are secure. You are significant. You are a child of the one true king. Don't you ever forget that. I want to thank you for listening to The Encounter Show with Bill Reeser.